Welcome to the Techmo Podcast, where we talk all things tech and startup in the Denton community. My name is Kyle Taylor. And I'm David Bruno. Let's get started. Welcome to the Techmo Podcast. The music is playing. This is what happens. We're, we're already past that. Are we already? Anyways, <laughs> my name is Josh Berthum, and I am guest hosting this week with my uh, good friend David Bruno, uh, because the guest on the podcast this week is Kyle Taylor. Yeah, and we know his last name. <laughs> if you're listening to the Techno Podcast, you know <laughs> Kyle's last name. I was waiting. Uh, drum roll with the fingers. <laughs> So how are you, Kyle? I'm super. Uh, thanks for hosting for me today. No, I'm super happy to do that. And uh, <laughs> I made you save something for the podcast, and so I want to get into it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So should I just go ahead and say yeah, it? Yeah, just jump right in. All right. Well, the story is about my nephew, and we're talking about words on the podcast. And uh, my nephew, we were at the pool the other day, and he said, uh, fiddlesticks. Hey, do you know what fiddlesticks is for? And we were like, oh, what's that for? And he goes, when you drop something and it breaks, you say, oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> and I think that's how I assume that's when my uh, sister-in-law got into our brother-in-law about swearing in front of the children. <laughs> so, you know, when you drop something and break it, make sure you say, Oh, fiddlesticks in front of your children. So, okay. Hold on. <laughs> I want to make sure that I understand the direction of this TED Talk. <laughs> so, did the did the child in question encounter someone saying, oh, fiddlesticks, after they had received a talking to about swearing in front of the children? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the case. Mm-hmm. This wasn't... Someone was mad at, at him for saying fiddlesticks in right. front of a kid. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They want to make sure that he has the right verbiage. To you use. know, it's a classic. <laughs> you got to respect it. That's how I feel. Oh, uh, yeah. So there is a little bit of a format here. I know I'm kind of like the Mel Gibson, like loose cannon character, like early lethal weapon Mel Gibson and not later like <laughs> racist Mel Gibson. So um, I'm going to let David ask the questions and then I'm going to I'm going to take us on a journey of discovery here. All right. I'll wait. All right, first question. How did you get to Denton, or why did you choose Denton? Whichever one you find more interesting of those two questions. Those are two distinct questions. I just want to... I'd like you to answer both of them. I actually think I did both of them. So, actually, I was born in California. I was born in San Leandro, uh, which is right near Oakland. And uh, the reason, actually, why we came here is because one of Denton's favorite companies is Peterbilt. Uh, their headquarters were in California, and my mom worked for them. And uh, so whenever they announced, hey, we're shutting down the headquarters here, we're going to move it to Denton, Texas, uh, they were like, you can either take severance or you can move. And so my mom's like, I ain't got nothing going on. We'll just go to Denton. So uh, we actually moved to Bolivar, and I grew up in Sanger. So I went to Sanger High School, graduated from there, which, if you don't know, it's north of Denton. So, uh, yeah. Wait, so, okay, you lived on Bolivar in Denton? Lived in Bolivar, the community uh, that is west of Sanger oh. and northwest of Denton. I didn't. I didn't. I'm yeah. not. I'm unaware of this community. <laughs> Go out to Crumb and then just drive north. No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was. I got excited for a second because the first street I lived on in Denton was Bolivar. Oh. So. I, I wonder would, which one came first, the we street about, or the town? Well, almost certainly 
the uh, the town, right? <laughs> I, I think probably the person that most likely they were both named after is my guess. You're mm. a real drag. Yeah, I, I try. <laughs> okay. Um, so how old were you when you moved here? Uh, I was like four or five. So it was pretty young. So I grew, I grew up in Texas. So yeah. you don't know, you didn't really have the comparative of... No. How much cooler where you were was versus where you were ending up? No, the only reminder I get is that, like, you use the word cooler, and it's when I talk to my grandma, and she's like, oh, it's so cold today. It's, like, 72. I'm like, it's 185 here, grandma. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah. So You got to put Nana in her place. <laughs> especially, especially, like, climate denier Nana, who... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really have a concept for like relative temperature. Right. Yeah. I mean, my grandma has uh, fruit trees in her backyard that's like twice the size of the room we're in right now. So she has like orange trees and grapes and sugar or snow peas and plums and figs. And like, how do you fit everything in this backyard? I don't understand. Because everything's better in California. Yeah, it's also way more expensive, too. That, well, she throws most of her fruit away. You get what you pay for. <laughs> I know this is this is a Denton centric podcast. I'm like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Let's let's all go to San Leandro. San Leandro is actually pretty reasonable now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, not that I've been looking in Oakland and San Leandro, but <laughs> anyways. Anyway, so so about four or five. So four or five. So I grew up here, right? So I graduated from Singer High School, um, and I decided uh, I wanted. I just applied to UNT. I didn't apply to any other college. I applied to UNT. That was the only one. I really didn't really care about anything. Um, but I didn't have any like strong reason to want to go anywhere else. Um, my sister graduated uh, salutatorian of her class, and we were always really competitive. I was a year younger than her, and uh, her class was like <sighs> – I don't want to say the word dumber, but like not as competitive as my class. So I just had to work twice as hard to get in like the top 10. Um, so anyways, they were, they were dumber. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were dumber. Yeah. Um, so she went to A&M and, uh, and I was like, well, I don't really care. I'm just going to go to UNT. So went to UNT and uh, graduated. And when I got my job um, that was in Dallas, uh, we moved to, my girlfriend and I moved to Louisville because it split the difference between Dallas and Denton. So I set the stage. What year was this? Uh, I moved to Louisville in 2012, um, and then we moved back to Denton in 2015. This was right after you graduated college. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, How sir. old are you? I'm 28. <laughs> did you the facial expressions that Josh is making right now? <laughs> I mean, are, you I, asked. They're this. indescribable, but it's hilarious. <laughs> People that achieve things before they're in their 30s are really annoying. <laughs> um, so, but I've, right. al I've always been part of Denton. Like, while I was going to school and, you know, uh, when I was getting involved in the startup community, like, I've always been, do I've been doing things in Denton for years. I just had never moved here until 20, like, pro Denton proper. What'd you, what'd you major in? Um, information technology. It was engineering. So, yeah. So for our startup enthusiast listeners who maybe don't understand how those majors slice up, what like what it like if you do get that kind of degree and you go out in the world, what sort of job are you supposed to get day one? Day uh, one fam. So if I was doing the thing that I should have been doing that my degree kind of had destined for me, I would be doing desktop support. Right? It'd be either desktop support or some kind of intro network administrator kind of thing. Um and so I decided that, so 
when I got into school, I mean, this is kind of. So did like, you have like a like a TCP IP <laughs> class or like what? Oh yeah, I mean, I, we I uh, my major was information technology with a concentration in network security. So it was like cryptography, computer security, network security, uh, all these random security whatever classes. So, um, but yeah, I uh, in between my junior and senior year, I did an internship at Peterbilt. And uh, I was working in the IT department with all the really cool like IT people, and I did it for four months and uh, made a lot of money. And uh, when I went to go back to school, uh, I was like, "Man, that was super boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not want to do that as a career." So uh, I decided that. Well, you're just lighting a cigar with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, like, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I uh, came back to school and I did my senior design project, my capstone project. Um, and my best friend Brett, uh, we he was really interested in Android. Uh, we were doing something with like an app and like a web app. And so, when I was writing all these scripts, I was like, "Oh yeah, like web development, I could do that. This is fun. Like this is creative." And I and I kind of uh, just decided that I thought it was more creative, and I could do more things with the web development. And it was just kind of more my speed at the time. And so that's how I just kind of shifted from IT to kind of software web stuff so yeah word yeah yeah so my first web development job was i could write html and use photoshop mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i got hired to be a web developer mm-hmm. at a company that wrote banking software because <laughs> they were just they needed somebody to do websites for their products oh basically mm-hmm. um and then for some reason they wanted me to develop in like php and Visual Basic Six and stuff like that, or .dot <laughs> net, or whatever the whatever it was in two thousand ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, ASP, ASP, classic. That's what. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. Yep. Um, I remember distinctly using Visual Studio Six. <laughs> um, so the way that that job ended was, um. I I was I was not a good fit at that company, but also I was continually the guy that was essentially just writing everything in pseudocode and then giving it to somebody else and being like, make this work, because <laughs> <laughs> I've always been terrible at syntax. Uh, and then that was the last time I tried to be a developer. So, how was your first development job? Uh, so actually, my first uh, like real job where I had to pay taxes um, was actually working for an indoor paintball field uh, in Louisville, and I started working there because I had been playing paintball forever, and uh, I got this job. And the owner was a serial entrepreneur, and he owned like a scuba shop in in Dallas, and uh, he like built it up from nothing. He won all these awards from Cisco for doing all this really cool technology, like technology integrated crap. And uh, so I started working for him, and uh, I I guess he kind of realized like I was smarter than like the average person who would like go play paintball, and so uh, I eventually became like his assistant general manager and for the shop. And um, was that like all the free paintball you could handle? Oh man, it was. It got to the point where like you just don't care and you don't want to do it anymore. I haven't played paintball since I left the job. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he used to be a programmer for Microsoft. He was a, like a, a college dropout. Uh, he was a roadie for a while. He like played in like this really awesome jazz band, like traveled the country and did this really weird stuff. And, uh, so he, he used to write code net or ASP. And, um, so he would be like making these really crappy websites and, 
uh, and remember Which that, I think that's all you could make out of ASP. Oh yeah, was that was really <laughs> it was there's, there's really a top level you could do for for ASP. And uh, anyway, so he knew I was going to school for web stuff, and uh, I would talk about it and all the things I'm learning. And one day he was like, "Hey, so I heard mobile is a thing. Can you make us a website for that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I totally can." Let what me year was this? Oh, this was uh, 2010. I guess it was 20. 10, 2011, something like that. So it was about time for people to be thinking about mobile. Right, yeah. And uh, I remember I was like, I'm going to pull out like my Dreamweaver because this is what I remember that we should be writing it in because I was still on IT at the time. Um, and uh, and we, I made the site, and I thought it was great. It's actually still up and running, that <laughs> poor old little website. <laughs> What's the URL for that? It's, <laughs> it's uh, Plug man, it. I think it's uh, gatsplat.com. Um, I think the mobile site is just m.gatsplat.com. Of course it is. Gatsplat? G-A-T-S-P-L-A-T. Gatsplat. I did not come up with the company name, but uh, he's making a ton of money on it. So just goes to show. Sun even shines on us. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I remember uh, he was, like I said, he's a serial entrepreneur, and he uh, came up with a lot of ideas. And one of them was when Groupon and Living Social were really big uh, around the same time. Um, he came up with his own site called uh, Dog on Deals. And he had these programmers in India rebuilding him like a Groupon. And then it lasted maybe eight months to a year and he decided that he didn't want to pour any more money into it anymore <laughs> so he just stopped working on it and picked up something else so all right yeah that's where i learned my uh some of my web skills from <laughs> nice nice so you are sort of like a rogue website developer for gatsplat yep in the gatsplat streets <laughs> yeah yeah that's so where so what what was the natural evolution from there um, I mean, I, I was still going to school for IT and like, I just, I assumed I was going to do IT stuff. Right. And so, uh, I, so hold on. No, no there's an odd overlap here. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause you were, you were kind of getting paid to do web development. Right. I didn't really know what it was while well, still. So you were just like computer stuff. Yeah. It's computer things. Like you okay. just wrap them all up in the same thing. You know, Got it's it. like, I know servers kind of, I know this HTML. That's how like I'm best by Josh at work because right. I can fix the printer, but also <laughs> fix an email server right. or yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when, when I was in high school, I was making like flaming GIF letters, right? Like, yeah. Those, right. The spinning skulls oh, and the dripping bloodlines and the snowflakes. That came and you were screen. doing that sort of quasi ironically. Like I was doing that in the OG <laughs> days of GeoCities where, you know, yep. you, it was like a, you got a patch if you broke your GeoCities page. <laughs> Because you wrote code that it couldn't understand, or something. Right. Or maybe yeah. that was just me. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So, so from there, I mean, so I didn't, you know, I didn't really know. I just knew that I was decent or okay at technology, and like I could do it, and and someone would pay me for it. Like right. That was okay. And uh, so, yeah, when I was getting toward the end of my college career, um, I was getting more into, I guess, like hackathon stuff, and like I. I had went to a hackathon and I thought it was kind of a cool concept. And so I was getting really frustrated at UNT because they weren't teaching classes that were like modern development technologies, right? And so there was kind of like this weird split in the CS department where half the professors wanted to teach like the old like computer foundations and kind of a, a algorithmic uh theory and stuff which which we understand like that's totally cool um then the other half were like 
yeah, let's like 2012. Like we need to like teach these kids like new things that they can use instead of just Java, like every semester. Like flash. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just say I did a lot of flash when I was in high school. Um, or cold fusion. That was later than that was, that was too late for cold. fusion. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, so I, I wanted to make this, um, mobile web development center, like inside of UNT. Uh, I also found out you can't use the word center because that has funding attached to it. Mm. Um, so my professors thought it was a really cool idea. So I went to a hackathon to talk to this guy about building this thing. And uh, just so happened that at the same time, they were doing these like classes on the side and I was like, hey, I'm busy. Uh, go do something else and I'll talk to you in like an hour or so. So I went, ended up going to this uh, Drupal class that was like some guy was teaching a Drupal class. And so I went to it. Um, and uh, I just sat in there and whatever, like did the Drupal thing. Guy's name was David. All right, that's cool, whatever. Uh, talked to my guy, went back to school, and then that was kind of the end of it. Um, and so I remember when I was graduating, I uh, was like, man, I should probably like find an internship or something. I was like, what? There was a Drupal thingy guy. His name was David. Le level something, level, level 10. And so I just Googled it and found an uh, internship form on the website, which was actually closed, but you could still submit through it. Nice. Yeah. So I just submitted it. Going rogue. <laughs> Wild card. <laughs> yep. So went ahead and submitted a little application and I, I, I write the way I talk, right? I don't, I'm not trying, I don't try and be professional. I don't try and use like hoity-toity words because I'm not very smart at words like I don't know if anyone knows me I don't know how to talk well did you <laughs> yes he did say smart at words okay <laughs> point and go on yeah case in point see point in case I don't know anyways uh so I remember I, I wrote in there um I'm easy on the eyes like in my application yeah and so which I, is true right it is I mean you can't see it on the podcast but um I'm not bad Yep. So, so I get called in for an interview and I go in there and I'm talking to the president and our, the lead developer at the time. And, uh, the, the president, David, who was the guy who gave the talk, he was like, uh, hold on. I, I, there's something on your resume. I need to go, I need to go like confirm this really quick. Um, and so I sat in there with the lead dev for, you know, a few minutes and David was rounding up all the women in the office at the time. And uh, it was like all right, a designer, two project managers, a project coordinator, and a marketing girl. This sounds actionable. <laughs> and brought them into the conference room. And David goes, so Kyle said that he is easy on the eyes. And he's like, ladies, what do you think? And uh, I just got up and did a catwalk uh, down the conference room. Yeah. And uh, am I like bright green shirt and my black pants and yeah, yeah. got all thumbs up from the ladies and then they're like okay you want to start monday i was like yes <laughs> so you you rode your good looks i did to your current day job i really did yep so it worked <laughs> okay <laughs> you sound disappointed the facial expressions again i mean uh, we just need <laughs> this like is not a, camera, a visual it's not a visual just, medium just like right on the side of josh's face just to see the blinking no i'm not the... i'm not disappointed it's it's adorable <laughs> it's just uh it's the perfect blend of uh of you know informality and confidence and finding a good match in a company where they're not taking themselves too seriously right where they could appreciate that yeah uh, I mean, maybe it results in sort of a tiny bit of seamless objectification, but <laughs> you know, as I said, uh, it's not inaccurate. So, yeah. 
it worked out. Yeah. So, and it, one of the main things that, um, so you were talking about kind of like my evolution in my career. When I started my senior year in my capstone project, I think that's really, that's what really accelerated me into like the whole startup community to begin with was um, we were working on this app. We had a team of six. Um, Brett and I were like the team leads just because I don't know if other people just weren't interested or they were just lazy or they just didn't know what to do. Um, so Brett came to UNT from this grant from uh, NSF, National Science Foundation, mm-hmm. and he came from a community college to university. And that's just was a thing they were doing. So Brett was required to like do these presentations every year and like do a poster board thing, go to these little expos. And so we were working on this project where um, Brett would ride his bike to school sometimes. And one time his uh, bike was flat. And so he was waiting for the bus and he didn't know if he had missed the bus or if he was still waiting for the bus. And he was just really frustrated with the whole thing. And so he was like, man, like we, what if we just had an app where we just knew where the bus was all the time? And we're like, okay. So like we, that was our capstone project. And uh, usually there's a, a client of some kind. So we worked with DCTA and their bus director, whatever it was, um, on the project. And uh, so we built like an Android app with a web server. And basically you as a citizen or a student would open up the app. You would look at it and then you would s- select the route that you were taking, like Eagle, Eagle Park or whatever it was. And uh, when it opens up, it'll show you live on the map where the buses are, right? And the route is highlighted. Um, it'll give you information like who's driving the bus, the bus number, how fast it's going, direction it's headed, et cetera, and so forth. Um, it'll tell you if it's gone past yet or if it's gonna arrive in a few minutes or whatever. And so um, we like wrote this whole app and like web thing for it and uh low jacked a bus yep yeah actually we, that's what we did we uh we got a phone from uh it was just like the lab had a bunch of random phones but we had to go buy a data plan for it so we just bought a data plan we put the app on the phone and we went to a bus driver and we're like hey can you just put this cell phone in like your dashboard or like like in your glove box for a while and right. like okay cool so they threw it in there and like we could see uh where the phone was all the time and it's just collecting data and so uh, we just pick it up when the battery dies. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so we did that and we um, ended up writing this uh, project proposal to uh, some government agency in DC. And uh, they wrote us back and said, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, we want to publish your paper and we want you guys to fly to DC. We're like, oh, that's cool. All right, sure. <laughs> so so uh, UNT paid for us to Go to D.C., um, we went to this, it was called the Transportation Workforce Summit, and uh, when we got there, we talked to just like a bunch of random people, but we realized it wasn't really for us, and we didn't really present anything, it was just kind of in a list of papers that people could read, um, but I feel like everything that's happened in my life was by accident. Um, Brett and I just happened to sit down at lunch one day at this table uh, with this, you know, one other guy there. Everyone else had groups of people they were talking to and eating with and there's just one guy sitting by himself and we sat next to him and it turns out this guy was the director of education for the american public transportation association and we told him about a project and he's like that's super cool we want to publish your paper uh and we're having a conference next month in uh dallas you guys should come like oh cool so we got our paper published from then um, we presented at another conference. We were talking to Dart about implementing this functionality in their system. Um, and then I graduated and Brett um, had to go back to school. And uh, it just kind of 
kind of all fell apart, but then like a year later, uh, Dart had implemented this in their system called Where's My Bus? And it's on their app. And we were like super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see why you might be. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It was a failed project. I mean, it wasn't failed, but um, it was interesting. But while that was going on, we <clears throat> pitched the idea at a competition on campus. It was called some, it was like an idea challenge. And you had to go through like six weeks of not training, but like sessions. And if one of your teammates weren't there, your team got disqualified. And uh, so out of like the 16 or 18 teams, there were only like six who were left at the end. <laughs> so um, Just for attendance. Yeah, just for attendance, you know. But Marshall Culpepper, our good friend, was one of the mentors who spoke um, at one of those sessions. Um, and he was working for AppSeller at the time. And uh, so we got to meet with him. And then we ended up meeting him again like at Banter because we were looking for advice on our, on our app. And uh, him and his buddy were like co-working out of Banter, just like hanging out there all day. And um, so that was kind of like a weird, you know, kind of like intro into these tech people that we all know now. And um, yeah, so we, we pitched the idea at this Startup Weekend event. And uh, we lost because the winning team was like some emoji like app <laughs> it was like we're gonna give everyone emojis and video calls <sighs> yes that's, okay that was our that was our uh, sentiment as well um but uh we went to another startup weekend the following summer um and we lost again but there some guy was like hey does anyone want to run a startup weekend in their own city and so i raised my hand because it was just always in dallas was, there was never one in denton or anywhere else for that matter and so uh I ran one in Denton. Uh, it was the first one in Denton in 2014, I think. Um, Is and, that the one uh, I was at? Or Yeah, maybe it was 2013. It was 2013. Yeah, 20, it was November 2013, yep. I think. Yeah. So so that was the first startup weekend we had in Denton. And after I did that, um, Brad, who was the Dallas guy, uh, he was like, hey, they have this community summit every year, and I can't go. Um, do you want my ticket? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, where is that? And he was like, Rio de Janeiro. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So... I flew to Rio for free, <laughs> right? Nice. Um, like, one, once again, all by accident. <laughs> like, none of this was planned. Um, and so I get there, and uh, I got, man, Startup Weekend, the community of people who show up to those events are just the most excited, passionate, helpful people you'll ever meet, right? All these people are going to these summits because – they want to contribute their own knowledge on how their startup communities run, and they also want to learn from other people on how they can bring those things uh, back to their own communities. And so, I like, man, I was there for a week. It just got jazzed up the whole time. Um, came back and was so excited. I was like, oh my god, we got to work with the cities and the universities and do more events and do hackathons. And I just, I had this um, gloss white desk at the time and uh i just cleared all my stuff off of it i knocked the legs off the desk and i mounted it to the wall and just started writing up ideas on it and uh yeah that was kind of like my first intro into the startup community and i started writing the startup digest for dallas and uh, when you do that like it, you get an email that goes out to two thousand people and then your name's on it and so people associate with you with these other things and they start asking you to do all these other things too. So it's just a big old, big old snowball with stuff. Word. Yeah. So you've, you to, to sort of bring it back to the Denton centric nature 
of the original question. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the first question? Born uh, in California. Yes, we are. Moved yeah. out here when you were four or five. Have always been in and around Denton. Yeah. Went to school here. When you when you finished here, you moved here in 20... When you finished at UNT, then you moved to Denton not long after that, I guess? Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm, I moved back to Denton from Louisville because... Um, we, we all almost that sweet moved. paintball money dried up. <laughs> yeah. You know, all those, I had to make stickers for those guys. And, uh, yeah, so we were actually going to move to Dallas. Like my, like my wife and I were talking about moving to Dallas. We went, looked at some lofts in Deep Ellum. Um, like we were actually driving to, I think Houston one day and, uh, on our way, we were going to go see an apartment and, um, we drove down there. We'd, like we'd called the lady that morning. Like, okay, we're we're on our way. We'll be there in like forty five minutes. And uh, we get down there and go to the the lofts, and they're like, uh, "Oh yeah, I don't I don't know where that lady is because we couldn't find the leasing agent." And so finally, she found us, and she was like, "Hey, uh, how's it going? Like, how can I help you?" Yeah, we're here to see an apartment. Oh, which one? And we like gave her the number, and uh, she was like, "Oh, we leased that like twenty minutes ago." We we called you that like we were coming anyway. So we were so mad at that point that like someone <laughs> just like leased our apart, like apartment out from under us, and so we were like we're gonna move to Denton. So we just made a one eighty and we just moved the other way. So um, which was a much better decision because I was so involved in the Dallas startup community at the time, doing all these events and meetups and the newsletter and, and God knows what else. Um, I was like, you know what, Dallas is fine. If I were to stop contributing, someone would pick up Slack. It's totally cool. Dallas is fine. Denton, I, I would always come back to Denton and bring those things back to Denton, but driving to and from like was just didn't make any sense. And so like my heart was in Denton, and so I wanted to take all the effort I was putting into another city and bring it back to the city that I loved. So uh, that was kind of why. And that was 2015? Like, uh, yeah, 2015. And now you're here to stay. And I'm here to stay. Bought a house. Mm-hmm. Got a baby on the way. Throwing a kid in there. Yeah. That'll really make you stay. Well, because you don't have time to do anything else. Because <laughs> you're too tired. <laughs> There's a house on my block that's selling for an obscenely higher amount of money than any of us bought our houses for on mm-hmm. the block. My wife and I are just like, if that thing sells for that, we're going to sell our house immediately. <laughs> And just live in an apartment <laughs> for a while because <laughs> it's gross. It it is it is like a it's like 180 percent of the original sale price. Yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. almost double. Anyways, um, so yeah, having a kid will make you tired. So, mm-hmm. um, second second question. I think we've I think we've covered Denton pretty thoroughly, unless there's something in there you feel like. Well, and I guess, so you said originally when you moved to Louisville, you wanted to be halfway between Denton and Dallas because your job was in Dallas. What about Denton, though, that was that other anchor? Because going to North Texas is one thing. I went to North Texas, but during my (laughs) career, that's not enough to say I want to stay in Denton. So what was it about Denton at that point? So my wife and I actually met um, in Denton uh, whenever we were in high school. And so I went to school in Sanger. She went to school in Ponder. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember the day we met too, because, uh, my, my, uh, best friend and I at the time were, um, we were dating these girls who were also best friends and one of them, and my girlfriend had broken up with me the night before. And it was, uh, it was, um, 
St. Paddy's Day. So it was like 4 a.m. on St. Paddy's Day. So like into St. Paddy's Day. So everybody's making good decisions. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, I had to work the next day. And so I had to wake up and go to go to the paintball job, right? You mean you had to work in a couple hours? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later today. <laughs> and so I, uh, I remember that I was like, she called, called me really early in the morning and was stammering about something. And I was like, whatever, like I go to sleep. And she was like, listen, if you, if you hang up, like that's it, we're over. And I was like, okay. And so I just like hung up the phone and the next morning had all these, all these text messages like, oh, you guys broke up? Like, what? Did we? And so... <laughs> Uh, I remember we went, my friend and I went out that night. It just so happened one of his friends was hanging out with Maggie, who is my wife now. And uh, so we just all hung out together and like went to Chipotle. And then ever since then, we just had always been hanging out and went to shows. And she was like a, she was a real uh, punky kid, right? Me doing like varsity football and like all these other things. Um, Hang on. Sorry. You were a varsity football player? Uh, yeah, for like four years, like my whole high school career. You were a freshman varsity? I was. I was a district um, district something center, all district center my senior year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I Both was, you guys, just <laughs> layers upon layers. Well, you want to know how I actually met my wife but before that was in middle school. We were doing... Uh, math science. So we were doing all this nerdy academic math science-y competitions. And that was actually the first time we met before then, but mm-hmm. then we reconnected. Later. So she is a Denton lifer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really is. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Okay. So second question. <laughs> we are just about ready to get the show started. Yeah, I think, I think we are. Uh, and, and you covered some of this, but the, the second one is how did you get into technology? So you talked about the starts of um, like your career, like work, building stuff for work. But what was what was the spark that got you on the technology path in the first place? So I, rem- I remember the day like it was yesterday and I was sitting. I had always been in technology, but I didn't know why it was so important or, you know, why I thought it was so cool. I just knew that. I could do things on a computer. Like I remember, uh, I was one of the first kids in my school to get a desktop that could burn CDs. So I used to sell MP3 CDs like at school. Like I would, I would have a notepad and I'd go around like, "Okay, kids, what do you want?" <laughs> and like, yeah, okay. that's how Ludacris got started. <laughs> oh, really? Selling CDs out of his trunk. Oh well, mine. I mean, it was of his raps. So. Yeah, mine. <laughs> mine were probably of his as well. So. <laughs> But uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure the statute of limitations is right, right. on that. God, I hope or it so. was all public domain stuff, <laughs> yeah. probably. It was like yeah, Mozart, it was like Bach. And you wouldn't and download a car. <laughs> uh, anyways, so when I got into high school, I had always done web classes or tech classes or whatever it was. And uh, I remember I took um, Cisco classes. So Cisco, uh, the company, they have these certifications. And one is called the CCNA. It's a certified Cisco network administrator or whatever. And um, you, I took the class for two years. And so every semester, so it was four semesters and it was a four part test. And so I remember I was sitting in my Cisco class and I was like, oh, it's a tech class. I'll just take it. And we're talking about Wi-Fi and viruses and things like that. And I just remember like leaning back in my chair, like looking at the ceiling, looking at our rack of routers and like our Wi-Fi access points. And I was like, virus could be in the air right now. 
and no one would ever know. And I just thought that was the most interesting thing. And I just thought it was super cool. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to work in this realm. Where so, so wait, a Cisco <laughs> class got you into technology. It really did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I, I got through all the sections, and I was the only person to uh, qualify for the test. And I took the test, and I passed. And so I got my CCNA. And then I didn't do IT after that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just such like a capitalist fairy tale <laughs> that <laughs> a major corporation's like technology certification is what reached out and touched the boy of a young athletic superstar <laughs> who then decided he wanted to pursue a career in technology. It's like I'm watching a General Electric commercial, <laughs> except for Cisco. Which, by the way, I'm available for hire. Gee, thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> P.S. Uh, yes. You know who you're talking to with that ad campaign. <laughs> so, you're, not selling the, you're not selling GE widgets at Walmart. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's uh, I remember that was what got me into technology, and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to work in IT, or I want to work in computers at least. So, um, But I think what is interesting is that I did all this school for IT, and I actually started off in College of Business at UNT um, in the BCIS program because I just – I just knew, like in high school, I took all these BCS classes. And, oh, that's I'm good at this. I should probably do that in college. Like that makes sense. And I did a year of BCS, and it was it was so boring. It was so boring. And um, I they opened up the IT degree inside of College of Engineering, and I was like, that's probably more my speed. Like I should probably go do that instead. And I remember transferring out of a COB, and they didn't they did not like people who left the program. Like they were mad. Like if you left college of business and I remember at least like walking from COB transferring out and being super pissed that they were pissed and then walking over to the COE advisor's office was on the other quarter on campus and walking in there and just being like, Hey, what's going on? Like, what are you for? And I was like, I'm transferring to your uh, program. Oh, cool. Come sit down. Like they were just like so chill about it. I was like, definitely makes more sense over here. I think I found so, my people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but it's, it's funny because now that I do web development, it kind of, um, it really helps when you understand the infrastructure and piping of a system that you're building on top of, you know, and I, and I feel like that's something that, uh, modern web developers could probably have more, um, training on or knowledge of. So like I had to explain to a client one time, like how domain names worked. And that in itself is like a very long process. Yeah. It's like, they're like, yeah, like we're going to change, we bought our domain and we're going to change it over from this to that uh, DNS. I'm like, it should just work, right? And I'm like, we have no control. Yeah. Like, this is like the elders of the internet scenario. We, we don't have any control over this. So, uh, yeah, I just, I think that's a really, uh, I think that's why I'm not going to say like I'm, I'm really awesome at my job, but I think it's why it makes it easier whenever you're debugging something well you have the additional context right you understand the concept of like a memory leak or why something might not be as efficient as it could be as opposed to does it work right when i ask it to do a thing right because these kids out here today they don't know they don't know how the magic smoke works (laughs) right it was this joke among my friends because i was one of the few people that could crack open a computer and do anything with it and all my friends and all their parents and this was in the late 90s so this is a little more understandable they sort of thought like if you opened a computer, you would break it. <laughs> right. 
I remember. Which, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like you let the magic smoke out and then it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you get into websites and web servers and stuff like that. And like I had to overcome that a lot for a long time. Uh, And all I like all it really means is like, oh, you just back things up and then you're fine. But uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think that's probably I mean, I think I answered all the other stuff, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Cisco. Cisco is what got Cisco you is what got me into it. Yeah. Yep. Look at yeah. me now. It's not like the sexiest <laughs> origin story, I have to say. Like I for know. a superhero, it would be probably I don't yeah, know what superhero remember. you would be, but it was like a, Condiment King or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. What? Yeah, Condiment King? I don't know what that He's is. a DC supervillain. Okay. He's in Batman's Rogues Gallery. A real he 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 and Calendar Man are like the two silliest <laughs> villains. But Condiment King was literally a dude who would squirt you with ketchup and mustard. Oh, yeah. Was he a villain though? Because it can't be Kyle if it if it's a villain. Because Kyle's the hero. <clears throat> who has a dumb origin? Story? <laughs> uh, or I mean, a boring origin story. Yeah. Could have been. I don't know. I kind of think the totally awesome Hulk has sort of a boring origin story because he's just like a science genius who reverse engineers what happened to Banner so then he can just Hulk out at will. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know Which that. Which he's really cool and he maintains his intelligence when he becomes the Hulk and all this sort of stuff. But mostly he's just a super, super smart kid who's like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and then he does it and then he's like, oh, I'm the Hulk now. Yeah. And then runs around. So Yeah. Well, I mean, does it... Does it um I, I will say that like the the amount of work that I had to put into those things was just like an excessive amount more I felt than my peers were doing. Um, so like like my mom like I had a single mom right. So my parents got divorced when I was ten, and then my mom was single for a really long time. And like it was like me and my sister, and we lived out in the boonies. So I didn't really have any friends down the street I could talk to. Um, like my closest friend was a mile away and it was like the only person who lived in the same zip code as me. Um, cause and he had like a weird collection of jars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I always wanted to go like ride four wheelers or dirt bikes or something like that. And I was like, I break myself when I do those. Things. I kind of grew up out in the boonies too. And there was a real fascination with kids out there that were like, Hey, you want to do something that's critically dangerous? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how that's, I like yeah. to unwind. Yeah. That's what it was. Is really seriously putting myself in grievous bodily, like uh, chancing that I'm going to engage in some real grievous bodily yeah. harm. There's, I definitely got in a go-kart accident uh, all by myself out somewhere, and I almost did not make it home that night. It was like just dragging myself back to the house, and I remember laying down on the couch, and my mom's like, where were you? And I was like dying <laughs> in a I, field. <laughs> I knew a kid, when, and he did not grow up in the boonies, so he did not have this excuse, but he was like tearing ass around in a go-kart. And he like slid under a like a, a mail truck or something and Ugh. lacerated his liver and almost died. And uh, so, anyways, yeah. But then when he was a teenager, he had cool scars. So right, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, anyways, but you know, I my mom's my mom's theory was for for us as the kids were like you do anything and everything you humanly possibly can to get a scholarship. Right. That's why we did all varsity sports. We did all AP classes we did, uh, you know, all extracurricular activities, we, whatever whatever it was, man. It Get was out like, of here. Yeah, so it was just like a ridiculous amount of stuff. And it was just like, yeah, I just went to UNT, and I had a scholarship for like my first year, but then I like 
paid the rest of my way, just student loans and working full time at paintball field and just, yeah, it was, it was exhausting. Um, it's funny how you can work full time and then still have to take student loans and then still, <laughs> that's not funny at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's getting worse, you know, but yeah. Hey, we, this is a happy show. So. Oh, right. Right. No, right. it's yeah. good. It's good. All right. Anyways, so it's slightly better superhero story. No, no, oh, okay. not at all. It's still the same origin story. Oh, okay. I, I thought hu- we were going to dig it's into a something. It's human interest when story. You're, yeah, human interest is fine. I thought you were going to say, well, the internet was the only thing that connected me with people or something. But Oh, God, we had dial-up for like okay, ever. I remember when we got mobile broadband for the first time, and they finally put up the tower at my mom's house. And like, I'm like, oh, my God, we get something that's like. And you got the dongle? <laughs> yeah. To plug into your computer. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, we finally got that. And I remember the first day, I was like, all right, let's get on Kazaa. And uh, the next day, we had a letter in our mailbox from the uh, ISP. ISP. Right. And they were like, hey, we recognize you were uh, on. You were like, the only person. <laughs> on this <laughs> yeah, like, zip code. Music. Yeah. And they're like, stop it or we'll cancel your service. And we're like, and that's how I learned about VPNs. <laughs> this isn't even... Ah, see, nice. there, okay, this, it's getting better as we go along. I think I was wrong about the hero thing. He probably is condiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Internet king. <laughs> I One of my first jobs as a developer was... Well, not as a developer. It was one of my first creative jobs when I was creative director at jobs.com when I should not have been. And there was a dude there who was their, one of the web developers. And he told like the same, I like, and I remember this guy fondly and it's not going to sound like I do when I tell this story, but he told the same story about every two or three days <sighs> about how his friends called him the Lord of the internet. <laughs> and he really loved playing Diablo too. And he made his own mead and, uh, he would drink a lot of mead and pass out. And then his friends would find him on the internet like a couple hours later. And that's why they called him the Lord of the internet. And I was like, dude, that's like Wednesday. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, so, so we have we've about ten minutes left. Ten right? minutes, yeah. awesome. Plenty of time. Yeah. Do you have any other topics you'd like to cover, Josh? I came up with a couple questions that usually I prep our guests with uh, questions we're gonna ask, but I was lazy this time. Didn't prep Kyle, so I might uh, ask some things just out of the blue. Yeah, just get in there. Is that cool? I'm okay. here for color commentary. I thought I was a color commentary. No, I'm the. That's why it's. Been, the, that's why I've been so boring this whole you're, time. Well, you're the play-by-play. Play, I'm the. Pl- well, know. no. You're the stats guy. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. <laughs> so this current score is, uh, so uh, will you ever leave the world of Drupal? I've <clears> asked <throat> you this question before. Yep. I didn't get a straight answer. So yep. now in front of our whole audience. Oh yeah, I, pr- I probably haven't. Drupal? Hang, on to your, hang on to your seats, folks. <laughs> probably haven't talked about what I actually do. So I am a Drupal developer, uh, which is a tool. Um, it's like WordPress. It's a content management system. And uh, so I, I build oh, like 99% of my projects in Drupal. And uh, I asked myself that uh, like a year ago because, um, and even before then, I remember when I was in school, uh, I wanted to know everything. I wanted to learn everything. I was like, I want to learn back end, I want to learn front end, like, whatever. And um, I was, I remember. That's right. <laughs> I remember being so emotionally split about that decision um, because I thought I just had to choose one and I didn't want to choose one. And uh, then I slowly realized that um, I can't know everything and I think that's okay that you don't know everything. Um, And so it's kind of the 
the same decision I or the question I asked about Drupal. Um, Drupal is one of those interesting tools where it's it's a lot of things bundled together um, because it's there's a lot of different frameworks and a lot of different tools and, and bundlings and CI things and whatever else that goes into it that honestly like you could swap out Drupal with any other tool and have you know the same lay of the land in terms of like web infrastructure you know um, except instead of using some platform like Pantheon, you're using something like Heroku, or you're using AWS, or using Google Cloud, or whatever it is. And so um, I don't know, because Drupal is uh, very, like, not highly sought, but we're very rare people. Um, and there's a lot of sites built on Drupal, like government sites, higher education, all of UNT runs on Drupal, Department of Energy, um, Whitehouse.gov, all these sites run on Drupal. And there are very few Drupal developers who do that. So um, while there's more WordPress work out in the world or more Ruby work out in the world, um, usually the hourly rate for a Drupal developer is twice as much, right? So because people just don't have those skills. So um, I'm not afraid to leave Drupal, but um, it pays pretty well so far. And uh, I think the current landscape of the tool um, and the way it's kind of evolving right now, it's, it's uh, getting more enterprisey and getting bigger projects on it. So our partner agency just um, finished a project for a Jurassic World. So the new Jurassic World website runs on Drupal 8. So, uh, yeah, it's just like a lot of uh, it's getting bigger and better. So um, I don't know. I'm not afraid to, but um, if it gives me a reason to, I will. I'll drop it. I want to go back to a thing you said a few minutes ago that I think is such an important and critical moment in everyone's professional development, if they ever get there. And it's the thing when you said, I figured out that I, that I couldn't know everything and it was okay to not know everything. And I think once you find yourself professionally in a position where you have the confidence and the experience um, and just the self-awareness to be able to say, I don't know, and to have that be a meaningful part of whatever professional engagement you're involved in, um, I think that's a big step that not everybody gets to professionally. And I think that's sort of a door that unlocks and sort of lets you keep leveling up. Mm. It's like, uh, it's like becoming Neo or like the one, right? No, <laughs> no, it's not, as, it's not cool like that, but it's, uh, oh. so I, I don't know. You know, you had to workshop it, and it was already cool, and then you messed it up. So Sorry. Fine. Sorry. Condiment man over here. Condiment Just, king. Sorry. Idiot. I messed that up earlier, oh. too. So Condiment I, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, unless you have anything else, I'm just going to jump into the final Do question. It. All right. So what advice would you give to someone starting out in the industry or still in school to get to where you are today? And where you are, obviously, is a broad number of things. Um, and so maybe cover a couple of them, like where you are in the Denton tech community as the president of Tech Mill, and then also in your in your career. I think um, my answer is the same for all those. And um, a lot of people have asked, like, so when I do Tech Mill stuff, or when I do nonprofit stuff, or I do startup stuff, or whatever, um, everyone's always asking me, like, how can I get involved? How can I do whatever? And my answer is always the same: is just show up, right? Like, it's the simple, most basic answer to all those questions and it's just show up. And that's really all I've been doing for the past six or seven years is I just show up. That's all I do. Um, anytime there's an event going on, anytime someone asks me to help them with something, anytime someone uh, you know, wants me to look over the code or let's go start in a coffee shop event, let's go 
uh, you know, do something. Let's go start a company. Like that, I just I just show up, and I'm always willing to listen. I'm always willing to help. I'm always willing to contribute my opinion. Um, I'm also a person who I'm not afraid to say no. For example, I don't commit to things if I don't think I can do them. Um, and it's because I, more recently, I've come to find that I value my time um, more as a human <laughs> and not as a event running machine developer person. Um, and so uh, if someone like comes to ask me for advice about a question or they need some mentoring or something like that, I'll give them 10, 15 minutes of my time. And then either if I'm interested, I will say, yeah, let's do something. Or if I'm not, or I'm not capable, or I don't have time, or it's something I don't find value of in the future, then I'll say, no thanks, or I'll pass them on to someone else who I think will. So I think um, that's really my advice is just show up so easy. Can I give you some related, unsolicited, uh, early stage dad advice? Sure. The thing that has made you successful with technol and with building communities is the same thing that I think will uh, it's one of the reasons why I think you're going to be a good dad based on how I know you is that because you show up and you're so willing to give of yourself. And the thing that, that I have figured out about being a dad is that the, the single most valuable gift that you can give your kids is your undivided attention and it's to show up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a practice that you already have. So uh, you know, if, if you, because I just, I think that's already going to happen. So it's not really advice. I'm just preemptively <laughs> saying you're going to be good at this. Oh, thanks. And I'm happy for you because you're, you're joining a, a, a cool club and, um, it's gonna just the nature and how you're built is going to unlock a lot of rad, uh, <laughs> righteous things about life that you haven't gotten to experience yet, but it will be an easy transition for you. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I see all these kids in school who, um, you know, I, I look back and I see all the things that I wasn't able to do because they weren't offered to me. And so I wanted to turn around and make those opportunities for future students or future people. And so um, I when I see these students who, you know, they, they may show up to like one of our meetups. I'm like, it's so like now you're in, right? You're in the club now. Like you showed up, like you get to meet these cool people. And now you're going to talk to someone who's interesting and who's going to kind of mesh with your ideas that you guys find uh, similar. And you're going to go collaborate. You're going to go build new products or build new companies or do whatever. Um, and I, I try and show that as much as I can. Like, look, here is my story and all the things I did. And the only thing I did was I showed up. Just that easy. So Stuff can't happen to you if you're not there can't happen to you if you're not there that's right yep. which was actually what my mom used to use to keep me from going places but it's also true about good stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's also true about good stuff you want to hear my new favorite quote what's that uh it's a uh, play stupid games win stupid prizes like that's like my like number two advice is step one just show up number two don't play stupid games <laughs> that's a pretty good one yeah so i'll have to show you the commercial i got that from later all right <laughs> well i think we're done here yeah, yeah. Uh, if someone wanted to reach you, contact you in some way, oh, what man. would be the best way to do so? Um, you could like Google my name and find me for sure. But Google uh, Kyle Taylor? You can just Google Kyle Taylor. I am competing with another Kyle Taylor who is this photographer, nonprofit, like loves to travel to Africa and like all these third world countries. And like he's beating me out in Google rankings, obviously. 
for good reason. So you Google, <laughs> how often do you Google yourself then? Probably at least once like, a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a very junior, I have three first names, so it's very hard to compete in those keywords. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter and basically anything else, um, at Kyle Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D. Um, and that was the closest I could get to just Kyle Taylor. So there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, Kyle, you've been a terrific guest. Oh, thanks. On this podcast, which I'm definitely officially affiliated. <laughs> um, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the Techno Podcast. Uh, you know how we do it, and uh, and uh, we like that you're here. Thanks for listening. Uh, listen, if you like this, first of all, smash that like button. Subscribe, because if you subscribe, it just shows up on your device. You don't have to go download it. You don't have to wait for SoundCloud which I guess SoundCloud is still going to hang around. Just Chance the Rapper oh, saved it or whatever. Was, was that what happened? Yeah, he, Chance the Rapper saved it. So you still got that. But if you if you just like it and you subscribe to it on one of your services or on your device, this is going to show up automatically. You leave us a review. That helps. Helps a lot. Uh, I think you guys should introduce a feature in which you start reading uh, that like have a review of the week. Oh. So if anybody leaves you a review, then you can read it and talk oh. about it. We should, should we start listener mail? Yeah, no, listener mail would be rad. <laughs> I think that'd be, a, we're just planning features here. Uh, and uh, if your DMs aren't open for the podcast, you got to open those up mm. so people can slide into the DMs. All right, we can do that. Uh, so anyways, uh, like, subscribe, smash it, hit it. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Kyle Taylorid and David Bruno, this is Josh Prithum saying thanks very much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I had to install a new beta on my iPad. You didn't so have to do that. I did. <laughs> no, <was> you <laughs> mandatory. You you made a choice. Yeah. I was so joking about you today to my wife because we were uh, talking about our office chairs and and I was like, yeah, I used to have that executive style one. I used to have that other one. I sold to David and she was like, which one? I had to describe to her and I was like, oh, which by the way, he broke. I did break it. And, uh, and she was like, what are you talking about? And I told her how you leaned back and snap it and but it's not in the budget for the new chair. And I was like, he will go buy a $900 phone, but he will not buy a $100 chair. <laughs> There's reasons for this. <laughs> this is part of the David Bruno brand, the David Bruno Shepherd Dog brand. <laughs> and I can pay monthly on this. Mm. Um, but the chair is not. <laughs> we need a payment plan for a chair. Did you bring oxygen with you when you decided to summit Hot Take Mountain? <laughs> Glad you're leading this, Josh. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Was that a popular culture reference? Because I don't do popular culture. It's just about takes and that they are takes. hot. Hot takes. That are hot. That's an internet culture joke, David. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. We're still not saying a cuss. Is that not still curse. true? Yeah, we'll try not God to God damn it. All right. Get them all out. <laughs>